What's going on? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It is heard live every day from noon to three on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content like invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with all the links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And again, thank you so much for your support. So uh, this is a topic I have discussed in different uh, forms over the last uh, 15 years or so as a host. And uh, I think uh, I think my position has been, I think I've evolved on this issue. I think I have evolved. Is it time for a national divorce? And uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congresswoman from Georgia, a Republican, uh, she got this debate, which seems to kind of bubble up every few years or so. Um, she got the ball rolling. <laughs> she prompted the discussion a couple days ago when, well, here I have the audio. I'll just go ahead and play the audio and let you hear, uh, what she said. And I'm kind of curious if you are, uh, as Frank Dirtz would call it in agreement with her, uh, or, or not. Um, what I think would be something that some red states could propose is, well, okay, if, if Democrat voters uh, choose to flee these blue states where they cannot tolerate the living conditions, they don't want their children taught these horrible things, and they really change their mind on the types of policies that they support, well, once they move to a red state, guess what? Maybe you don't get to vote for five years. You can live there, you can work there, but you don't get to bring your values. You don't get to bring your values. And she said, we need a national divorce We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Everyone I talk to says this. From the sick and disgusting woke culture issues shoved down our throats to the Democrats' traitorous America last policies. We are done. She put that out on Twitter. So. National divorce um, and also this idea that uh, you're not allowed to vote in the state that you move to. I'm I'm not sure that's. That's a winner. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a winning argument to make, um, because if you, you know, if you look at North Carolina, for example, we're getting a lot of people that are moving into the state. And if you look at the registration numbers, uh, the unaffiliated uh, grow the most. Democrats lose the most and Republicans either lose a few or they gain, actually. And I think some of that might be due to the fact that you've got people moving from states that are blue states, quote unquote, blue states, right? They're moving to North Carolina. And when they uh, register to vote, usually like at the DMV or on the DMV website or something, you register. And to a lot of people coming from blue states, you have to register as a member of either of the parties there. uh, A lot of people don't realize that when they move here, if you register unaffiliated, you get to pick which primary you vote in. You can choose Democrat or Republican. And depending on where you live, that decision might be the best one for you to make. For example, if you live in Charlotte, Mecklenburg, and you are a limited government person, such as myself, um, I like the ability to go and vote in Democrat primaries. You know why? Because I don't have an option. (laughs) In local races, there are no options for Republican candidates. In the general, there might be, but there's usually never a uh, a primary in the local races, not where not not where I live. 
So a lot of people move here. They they believe they have to register as uh, a Democrat or Republican, and they register as a Republican. And Democrats keep losing registration to unaffiliated. Do I want to prevent people who move here from voting for five years in a Republican primary or at all in a general? So if I'm a, if I'm a quote, red state and, and, a, and somebody moves here from New York or California and they're a conservative, they don't get to vote for five years? Not a fan of this idea. I'm not a fan of this idea. Um, I understand from I understand from where it comes. I understand the frustration that people vote for the same things that ruin the state from which they are fleeing. I get that. I have made that argument myself. I think you know we can remind people, hey, you know your state was failing. Your state's got you know re- gotten really really expensive, and you have all of these problems, and it's it's due to the policies that you voted into place and the people that you elected to put those policies in place. So try not to do that again here. How about that? But also I think, you know, people have the freedom to move and that's what people are doing. And if you want to live, look, I, I really do believe that um, people who are left of center, more liberal, even progressives, I think they actually enjoy living in States that are run by Republicans they enjoy the freedoms that they get and they get the low taxes they get like these and they get a boogeyman <laughs> they get to yell up and scream about how these evil republicans are ruining everything right cuz the thing about leftism in, in general like marxism it's all about the fight it's the revolution you're always the work is never done right you're always looking for the next revolution it, it you never achieve the workers paradise cuz utopia is not an option but it is the goal for Marxism, this is the, the concept. You you can eventually get the perfected state. And so you're constantly in search of the enemy. And so Republicans being in charge actually provides them that target. It's very convenient. Meanwhile, they get to enjoy the freedoms and the lifestyle that Republican leadership affords. I don't think it goes the other direction, though. <laughs> I don't think Republicans like to move generally, like to move to blue states so they can enjoy that culture. You know what I mean? I think it's a little different. Let me go over here and get JR on real quick. Hello, JR. Welcome to the program. How are you? Yeah, doing great, man. I just want you to know I own a fence company, so I, I do a lot of business with people that move into Charlotte. Just left a guy that came here from Seattle. Uh, he, he, I'm not worried about how he's going to vote. His daughter <laughs> was beat up beat up because she was straight and his taxes went from 4500 to 11000 wow in Seattle and i i deal with people from New York from Chicago all those blue areas they come here California they come here i'm not worried about how they're going to vote they they know why they left uh where they they came from because it's so messed up the high taxes and the woke crap they just can't stand it and they leave that that is interesting i would not have considered that industry you're in to to be sort of a uh a finger on the pulse of transplants but it makes total sense i never considered that um yeah they come here they buy a house yeah and uh they need a fence so i get to talk to them yeah no that's interesting and, uh, and 
There, I don't know if you know this, but there's like 500 retired New York City cops in the Waxhaw, Charlotte area. <laughs> That's not surprising. I think I've met about half of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're all over. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they come down here and, and you know how they are. This house has, you know, $20,000 taxes and it's half this big. And, yeah. they, you know, they use the choice language. And they're they're, they're thrilled. <laughs> JR, thanks for the call, buddy. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, man. See ya. That's uh, now that's good intel. Um, no, I, I I got a cousin uh, who uh, her husband uh, retired law enforcement out of uh, tri-state area. New, I think he's was a, uh, I think he was in New Jersey, and uh, yeah, they retired down here as well. Now, part of the reason, by the way, like I I I, I do have to point out, like the reason why some of the costs are so high is because of the pensions and stuff that people get when they go to work in. In government, but yes, they retire, they move down here. So that's interesting that uh, Jr. is not worried about how they're going to vote. I also have some, I don't know, practical questions about how exactly a a red state, blue state carve up would work. Like for example, this is just one example. Who gets to keep the nukes? Do we? Do if you don't have any nukes on site, then you don't get nukes. Is that how that works? Like Montana's going to have a lot of nukes. Like a superpower in Montana? <laughs> I got some practical questions. Uh, all righty, so national divorce. I have some, I, I have some questions. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Georgia Republican, called for a national divorce on Twitter. And um, it was taken by many, according to this piece at the Washington Times, by Matt Delaney. Uh, it was taken by many on social media as a call to dissolve the union though her simultaneous call to shrink the federal government seemed to conflict with that, which it, it kind of does, right? If you're going to separate by red states and blue states, then there is no longer a federal government, right? But she says separate by red and blue and shrink the federal government, I guess in the red state that, that she would remain in. So here's the problem. Her state's blue. Georgia is now blue. Right. According to the last election cycles. So she is in a red district and the area is outside of, you know, Atlanta. Um, there are a lot of rural areas that are, yes, that are red. So do we are we are we redrawing state lines as well? Or is this going to look something like a Berlin airdrop kind of a thing? Right. Where we're. Where you got like a, a city like Charlotte, Mecklenburg would be the blue. I guess, does it become its own state? I know like some people probably think like it has been the great state of Mecklenburg. It already has been for years. But um, how how does that work? Look, I'm, and I'm open to the idea of like uh, like California, for example, splitting apart. I think it's too big. I think that state is just too big. They have they have hundreds of of lawmakers, hundreds and hundreds of them. And I just, I, I think somebody messed up somewhere along the line when they were, cause you look out West and like all of the States are nice and square. You know, they got these by design. They're literally designed like in these squares, like the counties are all squares and stuff. And uh, then they get to California and it's just, yeah, we're going to take the whole coast. <laughs> it's just too big. I don't think that's good representative government. Government closest to the people governs best. It's more accountable, I believe. And so, I don't know, I think cut up California. But, I mean, if they want to, if they want to. Um, 
is it time for a national divorce? This is the question that then uh, is asked because of Marjorie Taylor Greene's tweets. Kurt Schlichter, retired colonel, U.S. Army, um, he writes at townhall.com. He writes uh, books as well, uh, fictional books as well. Uh, He had a piece about this a couple of days ago, and he says sometimes you stay together for the kids. Other times you just have to get out of an abusive and destructive relationship. That's how a lot of conservatives feel about being stuck with progressives in this relationship we call America. I talk about what a national divorce might look like at length in a chapter of my new book, We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America, and he says it's not a pretty picture. The basic notion here is that the red people would take their part of the community. But by the way, this is another thing that kind of ticks me off. The whole red-blue thing. Who assigned these colors to the parties? You got it completely backwards. Completely backwards. In fact, back in the olden days, which I don't even remember, but I am told, this was this is like purely manufactured by media, by television. They would do their election night coverage and they would kind of alternate the colors. And then at some point they just stopped alternating the colors and they left it. Republicans red, maybe because it's alliteration. I don't know. Republicans red, Democrats blue. And then the parties just adopted those Jersey colors. Anyway, the basic notion is that the red people would take their part of the community property and the blues, their portion, and they would go and live in separate parts of the USA. Fortunately, as we all know, divvying up the pot in a divorce is never, ever, ever a giant hassle. It becomes an endless, massive battle and ends unsatisfactorily for everyone except the lawyers. Right? That, that's totally not what happens in divorces. Dividing polities is hard. And there are not too many examples from recent history to look to in order to see how to do it with minimal hassle. Basically... When you look back through history, you get a lot of bad outcomes. Lots of them. Lots of them. But I understand from where this comes, right? And he does as well. This is is born out of frustration. Frustration with Democrats. Democrats' frustration with us. Not accepting that we're serfs, right? Like, it's, we're frustrated with each other. What's the answer? I think it's the F word. No, not not that one. Federalism. I think that's the answer. We just have to convince more people about it. Do, 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 do. Consider the effect on the U.S. economy if California, Oregon, and Washington became their own country. USA would have no ports on the West Coast for international shipping, says Dean. It's a fair point, Dean. That's why we could invade uh, Canada, just take, or uh, not Canada, invade California, just take a little bit of the bottom there. <laughs> just enough to get the, <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, this, yeah, I mean, there are a whole host of practical questions that would have to get addressed at a, at a serious level. And I, I just don't think, I don't think we're serious anymore. I don't, I don't think our country is led by serious people. I don't think that they could actually have, that kind of a discussion. I don't think we could. Could you imagine? I mean, imagine what social media would look like during the breakup, right? While there, even if we had serious leaders that were like seriously able to seriously divorce the country apart in some sort of manageable, feasible, realistic way, right? 
Imagine. Okay. Social media would be like next door on on steroids. I mean, the the amount of of animosity, I think, would just be off the charts. Uh, Stan says, Pete, in regards to your question as to who gets our nukes in a red state, blue state carve up, if Joe Biden has anything to do with it, a terrorist group or country that hates us will probably wind up with them. That's that is a possibility. Um, and this is from Dave. Pete, the term is Berlin airlift, not Berlin airdrop. That's what I said. I hate when people don't know the proper terminology or mix metaphors. I am retentive that way. Uh, yeah, I think I did say airdrop. And as soon as I said it, I said, oh, I'm going to get an email about that. And thank you, Dave, uh, for, uh, for sending it. Let me go over here to Henry. Hello, Henry. Hey, good morning or good afternoon now. Great show, great topic. Well, thanks. Uh, I think the Founding Fathers, in their infinite wisdom, already have a mechanism in place. It's called the Tenth Amendment. Uh, and we just need to take back those rights and things not enumerated to the federal government and let the states determine what they're going to do, and then let people choose the state based on the state's policies and politics and that sort of thing. Right. So so you're saying yes to the idea of carving of carving into different nations? No, no, uh, not carving into different nations. Staying under the umbrella of the United States, the gotcha. Federation of States. But we need to really follow the Tenth Amendment and quit letting the damn federal government be power-hungry grabbers and take everything away from the states. Um, I think people can move with their feet. I think people can move with their wallets. And I'll finish on this. As a student of history, uh, modern history, uh, I, I fear we're going the way of Yugoslavia, Argentina, El Salvador, and many other places where they, they devolved into brutal, bloody civil wars. Um, and there's just too much, there's just too much divisiveness between groups based on ideology, theology, politics, etc. Um, it, it's just, it's just inevitable. Look at this, where, look what happened to Dilbert. You know, he simply stated the facts, and he got, you know, canceled for it, right? Well, I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with all of that assessment. I don't know if I agree that that's a good example of, I mean, because some of the stuff I heard him say or read, what I didn't, I didn't watch his video, so I don't know. Um, but some of this, uh, the transcription that I saw, I don't know if I agree with some of what he said. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think he's. Again, he is also frustrated at the divisiveness. This is the problem, is that there are people whose uh, paycheck, right, is tied to people being divided about things. And I've gone over this. Uh, this is like the American concept, right, this idea of what is it that unites us. I keep going over this topic because it, it touches into all of these different areas where uh, you mentioned the Tenth Amendment. But, like, this is a federalist argument that— if you don't want to live in California, it's okay. You can go live in a different state under different rules. But the, the, the trade-off is, and I offered this deal to friends on the left back when Trump got elected, and they were so worried that he was going to you know, create this tyranny of fascism across the land. And I said, look, if you don't want that occurring in your states, I'm on board with that. Then you have to be willing to not tell other states how to live too. But they can't do it. This is the problem. It's like... I like the idea of states having their own ways of of uh, governing and living and all of that. The problem is you, it has to be mutually agreed upon that we're not going to force other states to do what we want them to do because we think we know better than they. 
Chris um, uh, Lowell of the Warrior Poet Society has a great uh, analysis on that. You might want to Google sometime or YouTube. But thanks for your show. Thanks for the topic. As always, you do a great job uh, in a very entertaining manner. Well, thank you. I tr- entertaining or informative, preferably both, but I, I usually strive for one. Thanks, Henry. I appreciate the call. Uh, I'm not saying I achieve both. I'm just saying I'm usually trying to do one or the other. Um, so uh, Kurt Schlichter, writing at townhall.com, he says this idea is born out of frustration. He And this is his quote. Our frustration with the Democrats being nimrods and the Democrats' frustration with us not accepting that we are serfs whose purpose is to serve them and obey their whims. <laughs> it seems – this is how Kurt writes. Uh, it seems superficially easier to just split up with people who are so fundamentally different in how they see the world and our respective places in it. For example, red Americans see themselves being left alone. Blue Americans see us normal people on our backs with the pinkos Birkenstocks pressing firmly down on our throats. See, so just different. We're just different. Um, There's no escaping that the red and blue components of American society uh, are developing mutually exclusive notions of how to run this joint venture that make our conflicts nearly, if not completely, impossible to solve to everyone's satisfaction. Our differences are too profound. So he says, all right, what if we split up? What if, how would that work in practice? what What does it look like? Red America would likely track the present Constitution, being, you know, conservative and all. No alterations. No, there probably would be, right? Like to put in the language something like in the Second Amendment. No, we're not kidding. Everybody gets to pack heat. Something like that would probably go into the Second Amendment very clearly, you know. So there's no more, uh, there, there's no more doubt about what's well, a militia. No, no, no. It's like, yes, right here, you can own it. The fact is, without our influence, the American left would go full Stalin. And you never, ever go full Stalin. With their own country sharing our continent, the Blues would turn America into the world's most oppressive college campus and then would immediately blame their myriad woes on Red America. And that is a recipe for trouble. We're all stuck on the same continent. That's too close for comfort. What we need is some constitutional marriage counseling because there's a big chance that a national divorce would make all our problems a hundred times worse. So this is, I thought this is a, um, I thought this is a good explanation. The idea here, right? Once you, assuming you could even do some sort of a split, assuming you could even do it, right? Where does the, where do the two countries go and how do they interact with each other? Right? You're going to end up with one country the red country, which, you know, it's going to be like all intertwined with the blue. And you're going to have all these borders. And if the blue goes, as he calls it, full Stalin, right, they're going to, they're not going to be satisfied with us being so close, right? They're going to, <laughs> they're going to want, they're going to want to take us out at some point. I don't know how many nukes does California have. I don't know. We may get all the nukes. And if that's the case, then I may rethink this, but. <laughs> Just kidding. Email is Pete at the Pete That's where I got this message from Joseph. He says, federalism to address our cavernous differences would only work if the left would leave the right alone. Spoiler, they will not let us go. National divorce is just another boomer con daydream of a mass moving further down the highway away from the problem. Never mind that the problem keeps chasing you down. Communists have to be defeated. 
I'm sorry if that interferes with the grilling and sports ball that the well-fed complacent right has grown accustomed to, but that's just the way it is. You will either defeat them or be defeated by them. There is no amicable separation from people who want you dead. Um, I don't think they. I don't think they want all of us dead. Um, but yes, that is where that goes. Hashtag not all lefties. Um, no, they just think that they. There's just what did Reagan say? There's just so much that they know that isn't true. Um, and they have these uh, grand ideas that this is the way to make the world this you know better place and. If we could just get government to do more of these things, then nobody will suffer. There will be no pain there. Like you will you know, relieve people of the burdens of this world. And I think it's just a fundamental disagreement about kind of life, right? And, and why bad things happen to good people sort of thing and how we are called to help one another. It's a personal calling and you're supposed to want to do that. You know, we are supposed to, to engage in the activities, not, offload it to some state agency. Um, But this is why, to Joseph's point here, uh, this is why I think Ron DeSantis is so valuable in showing people the way to to fight. Because, I mean, it's almost like, I don't do a lot of DeSantis coverage, but I see the stories coming across the Twitter machine, right, where he's doing this, and then two days later he's doing this other thing, and then two days later he's going at him again. It's just, it's a constant barrage and that's the way you got to fight and i saw uh i read from his piece kurt schlichter's piece at town hall but he had another one i think it was today or i guess maybe yet well yeah today and um kurt was talking about red state republicans why are they so soft because he's a he's a blue state republican and so when you are in the you know in the belly of the beast out in california he's like a conservative lawyer in california He's like a unicorn, but you got to learn, you know, how to fight out there with the left in a way that in like a state like South Carolina for he, that's what he cited. You know, you end up with Lindsey Graham. Right. Because it's just kind of taken for granted, like Republicans win. So. I don't know, it's just a different. Different strategy. Um. Federalism is the answer. The question is, can you get people on the left to agree to adhere to it? Let me get Keith on before the uh, news here. Hello, Keith. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's up? I have heard about, and I'm not familiar enough to discuss it. I'm pretty sure you would be. What is a convention of states? That is, so there is a project underway. It's called the Convention of States Project or a Article 5 Convention of States Um and it is in the Constitution. Article 5 says you can, it, it outlines how do you amend the Constitution. And one route is it can be initiated by uh, legislation in the Congress. And then the other is a convention of states. You got to have a certain number of states that all agree to, to have a convention. And the purpose would be to propose amendments to the Constitution. Once those amendments have been uh, uh, not ratified, but w- once they agree on what they would be, then it would go back to the states, and, and then all of the necessary states would have to ratify it. So that it's just a way that you could amend the Constitution without going through Congress. But the, okay. but, but the standard is still the same, right? The, sta- the, the, the hurdles that you got to get over, like the, um, I forget, it's like 75% of the states have to ratify something. I forget what the exact metrics were, but uh, that all remains the same. And so it gets a lot of criticism because, oh, my gosh, you're going to open up the Constitution, the lefties are going to run wild. 
But they wouldn't be they wouldn't win ratification in the states just and, and right now you could propose a constitutional amendment to, you know, to ban firearms or repeal the Second Amendment. Congress can do that right now if they wanted to. So, yeah, if you're interested, go, yeah, go check out COSproject.org, I believe. It's the Convention of States. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, look, I, I, I'm all for it. And the last time in the 80s that they tried to do this, they never, uh, they got, they came within one state of, of calling the convention and Congress went and enacted a lot of the measures they were trying to do in the first place. So it, it is a way to apply pressure as well. Thank <laughs> you.